Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Turn Evangelism Podcast with T.S. Myers. Our prayer is that this message impacts your life. If it does, let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and let us know how God used this message to influence you. If you would like to follow our ministry, we would love for you to go to turnevangelism.com and check us out. And today we're going to be preaching hope. And the, the reason we have hope, and we're going to see this today, is because we don't put confidence in ourselves. We put our confidence fully in Jesus Christ and what he's done. So let's open up in a word of prayer and let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. Maybe you're in here and you need hope. And you've lost sight of your mission in this life and also you've lost sight of the Lord and what he's promised you. And I want you to be encouraged to get your eyes back on Jesus. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, I just pray right now that you would help us to see as we open up your word, what you have to say to us. Forgive our sins and we come to you with trust in your gospel that you are able to take our sins, nail them to a cross and raise us to life, not because we're good enough, but but because you're good. And so we come before you as a congregation with that confidence. And I ask you, if there's anyone in here that is struggling with what the world has to offer, instead of looking to you, Jesus, that they would get their eyes back on you. Help them not to see me as a preacher, but help them to see you, Jesus Christ, as I point people to you here today. Help me to decrease and you to increase. I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would open my mouth, so that the words would be given to me from you, Jesus Christ. And I pray this in your name. Amen. So let me open up with a question. Have you ever been deceived? Have you ever been deceived? And I'm not saying have you ever been lied to. There's a difference between being deceived and being lied to. Sometimes you know you're being lied to. But to be deceived is to actually believe the lie. Right? If you are deceived, you actually are believing the lie. And so my question is, have you ever been deceived? You found out that you're believing a lie and and, and it, it hurts. It hurts deeply, doesn't it, sometimes? Have you ever been deceived? When, when you are lied to, you might know the person is lying, like I said, but when you're deceived, you believe the lie. If someone called me right now and told me, hey, your mom is dead, well, that would be some pretty bad news, right? But as you guys know, my mom is actually here with me today. And so I want you to catch this. Your proximity to the to the person that you're being deceived about or the thing you're being deceived about is going gonna, is gonna to determine you know, the effectiveness of the deception, right? So if somebody called me right now and said, hey, your mom is dead, I'd be like, no, she's not. If they're trying to deceive me, yeah, she is. I'd be like, no, she's standing right in front of me right now. But say my mom wasn't here. Say she was in Miami where she's from. So she's up for the long weekend and she's hanging out with me. But say she's in Miami and somebody called me and said, hey, your mom is dead. Now, all of a sudden, I might start to think, oh my gosh, is my mom dead? Did she die? And I would start to feel the emotions of believing that deception, right? And so reality would be a little bit distorted in this this way. If you believe them, even though it's a lie, you suffer emotionally because of it, don't you? Because you believe something that isn't true. But you can see my mother is in the audience. She's clearly not dead. And and my proximity to her is going to determine the effectiveness of the lie. 
Likewise, your proximity to Christ will determine the effectiveness of you being deceived. Today, I want to talk about deception. And there are people in this world that will come into the church and will try to deceive it. A few weeks ago, I came here and I started talking about the book of Colossians, right? So guess what we're going to be talking about again today? We're going to be talking about Colossians, okay? And a few weeks ago, as we talked about the uh, church at Colossae, we talked about how a deception had entered into the church and the congregation, and there were these false teachers and this false teaching that was starting to spread, and Paul is addressing this error. And you know what Paul does, and you're going to see this in the message today, what Paul does to get people to not be deceived by what these false teachers are bringing into the church, he tells them to focus on Christ and being close to him. Your proximity to Christ will determine the effectiveness of you being deceived by false teachings. If you are far from Christ, what's going to happen? You're going to be more susceptible to believing false teachings. But if you have a relationship with Christ, and you're growing closer to him daily, you're going to be less susceptible, and they're not going to be able to deceive you. I found this to be true in my life. You know, one of the things my wife and I, we try to do is we try to spend time with the Lord daily. We try to get into the Word daily. We have a time of prayer. We actually keep prayer journals. So we have, we have a bookshelf that is getting filled up, and it's full of prayer journals. We try to spend time with the Lord daily. And sometimes you hear some wacky things out there about Christianity. And I spend time with the Lord. I spend time in his word daily. And you know what happens when I hear those wacky things? I say, wait, I know Jesus. That's not Jesus. I spend time with him daily. I'm close to Jesus. That's not Jesus. I know his word. That's not his word. That's a false teaching. You're able to spot the lies more easily when you are closer to the person found this to be true in my life, and those who are susceptible to deception are those who don't know Christ well, who aren't close to him. We put ourselves in positions to be deceived when we forget that Christianity is about knowing a person well. The Colossians were also dealing with deceivers, and Paul wanted to make sure that they had everything that they needed so that they wouldn't be deceived. Let's review the background of Colossians. I know it's been a few weeks since I've been with you, okay? So let's just go over some background again. Remember, Paul is the one who's writing. He's probably in his first Roman imprisonment. Paul didn't plant the church, but he was in authority over the church as the apostle. Epaphras was a leader of the church who probably reported of this false teaching that had seeped into this church. So what was the false teaching again? They were taught that people did not need Jesus alone, but they also needed more than Jesus. Jesus plus works. Jesus plus some sort of rituals and laws that were being seeped in. And there were Jewish practices that were being brought into the church and and a type of mysticism, it seems like, that was being brought into the church that said, hey, if you really want to be spiritual, Jesus isn't enough. You actually need to do these things as well. Paul reminds them that true wisdom is not this secret knowledge, but is Christ alone. And you'll see that today as we go over the passage. Paul writes to rebuke the false teaching and to say that Jesus alone has authority over all, and you don't need to listen to these deceivers. So we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2 today. But before we get there, I want you to remember what we went over last time. Before Paul ever addresses the error, what does he do? He praises their faithfulness. Remember we went over this last time? 
He points to the gospel and then he prays for them. So before he ever gets into the correction of the deception, he actually says, but this is what's good about you. A few weeks ago, we talked about finding the ketchup, remember? When you're on a terrible date with somebody and it's just going awful, you can always find something nice to say about someone, even if it's hard to say it. And sometimes the best thing at that date is, is the ketchup on the table. You're like, man, that ketchup is really good. So you find the ketchup. So, so here we see Paul. He doesn't, just, he doesn't go straight into saying, this is a false teaching. You guys need to stay. And there's some in, you, so there's a, some in the midst of you that, that are doing this thing, and you need to stay away from them. He says, here's what you're doing right. He finds the ketchup. And then he addresses the error. In the end of chapter 1, he explains who Christ is. and before, So in addressing the error, what's his first tactic? He introduces you to the person, Jesus Christ. We're not going to go into the end of chapter 1, but this is basically the idea here. He talks about how Christ is the image of the invisible God, in whom, through whom, and for whom all things are created. So since Christ is supreme over all, and he's preeminent over all, and the avenue through which God created everything, including you, he's the avenue through which God is going to recreate everything as well in the new creation. So if you want to be made new, you don't go to any other new age spiritual practices or anything like that. You go through Christ alone. In him, through him, and for him were made all things. And if you want to be remade and be made truly spiritual, you have to be remade through him as well. That's who Christ is. Paul's words are important, and we need to not forget what he's saying. When we get to chapter 2, where Paul addresses the deception directly, he reminds the church once again to look to Jesus. That's what he does. So today, as we look at What Paul taught, we're going to extrapolate three instances where we put ourselves in positions to be deceived by false teaching. So here's the first thing I want us to understand. We put ourselves in a position to be deceived. I am in a position to be deceived when I forget that, first and foremost, Christianity is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Christianity is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 1. Let's start in verse 1 together. Paul says, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. So he's contending for them. He's praying for them probably in, 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 in his walk. And he's saying, I don't want this to be a part of your community. This is something that's going on. So he's, he's fighting for them. He's struggling for them. And what does he say? My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so they may have full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So what is Paul saying here? If Christ alone and knowing him contains all treasures of wisdom and knowledge then there's nothing left for these false teachers to add. They might say, I have more wisdom and knowledge to give to you, but if you know Christ, in Him is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You don't need more. You have everything in Him. He says this in verse 4, I tell you this so that no one will deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, 
and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Why is Paul saying this? Because he doesn't want them to be deceived. There are some people that are saying, hey, yeah, here's, you accepted Jesus, here's the next level. You want to level up in your Christianity. And Paul says, no. It's about knowing Christ. Paul tells the church that Christianity is about knowing Christ so that they wouldn't be deceived by fine-sounding arguments. Here's something I want you to understand this morning. Jesus is not an argument. He's a person. Getting to know Him does not mean memorizing more philosophy. It means coming into a relationship with a person. Do you know Jesus? There's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. You can know about God from a distance, like you know Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Right? You can know about them, but they don't know you. You don't know them for real. But the the type of knowledge that God wants you to have of Him is an intimate, relational, one-on-one knowledge like you have with your father or your mother. Not from a distance, but up close and personal. Do you know God? Christianity is about a relationship with God. Christ died not so that you'd be able to say, Jesus died for my sins, but so you'd be able to take the forgiveness of your sins and come into a personal relationship with God. That's the purpose. That's why He died. Not so you can say, I assent to this fact, but so that through what Christ did, I come into a relationship. Henry Blackaby, in Experiencing God, wrote, Christianity is not a bunch of rules to obey. It's a person to follow. Your walk does not start when you assent to arguments. Your walk as a Christian does not start when you believe philosophies. If it did, then even the demons would be saved. Your relationship does not start when you assent to an argument, but when you trust in a person. There's a difference between acknowledging that your father will catch you when he says to jump to him, and then actually entrusting yourself into his loving arms, to actually throwing yourself into his loving arms. There is a difference between knowing the facts and trusting a person. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ for your salvation? Christianity is about knowing a person. Do you want to know the mystery of God that has been revealed according to Paul? He says, you really want to know the mystery? The mystery that brings treasure of wisdom and complete understanding? Do you really want to know what it is? It's not more philosophy. It's Christ. Christ alone. The mystery that brings all the treasures of wisdom and complete understanding. It's not arguments. It's not rituals. It's not good works. It's not a secret. It's revealed. It's Christ. Christianity is not a bunch of rules to obey. It's a person to follow. And Paul reminds the church of this so that they would keep from being deceived. Do you know God? Have you trusted in Him for your salvation? Not merely mentally assenting to Him? Agreeing with the facts, but actually trusted yourself into His loving arms? Throwing yourself into His mercy? If you haven't, at the end of this message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to trust in the Lord yourself. Where you're going to be able to stop your working and striving and let God do a work in your life by putting your faith in Him. But some of you do know God, 
great. Now, are you spending time with God daily? You know, I have a relationship with my wife. We got married, right? But it doesn't mean it's a good relationship. We do have a good relationship. Okay, let me just preface, okay? Time out. Okay. But just because you get married to someone and have a relationship doesn't mean you're growing closer to them. And some of you have started a relationship with the Lord a long time ago, but you haven't grown closer in a relationship with God. You know, maturity in Christ is a really funny thing. It's not something you get with years. It's something you get with proximity. The closer you get to God, the more mature you become. I've met five-year-old Christians that are more mature than 50-year-old Christians. And that's how Christianity works. Are you spending time with God daily? Why can't someone be deceived if they're close to Jesus? Because they know Him. Because they're getting to know Him better. Because they, they, they don't just know about God, but they actually know Him personally. And because of that, it drives them to want to learn more about them. It drives them to, you know, I mean, if you experience the Pacific Ocean, maybe that will spark in you a desire to go and study marine biology because you grew for and love for that, that, that study, that ocean. If you start studying the facts first, it's going to be pretty boring, isn't it? But there's a different experience when, when, you, when you experience God first and you have a relationship with Him, then all of a sudden it drives you to want to get to know Him better. We become more susceptible to deception, even as Christians, when we don't continue as we started. With absolute trust in the sufficiency of Christ, when we start to add things on to what God said is, is enough. Which brings me to my next point. I am in a position to be deceived when I forget that Christianity requires me to continue in faith. So first, Christianity is about a relationship with Christ. I can't forget that. But I'm also in a position to be deceived when, when I forget that Christianity requires me to continue in faith, to live by faith. Not to have just lived by faith when I accepted Christ, but to live by faith right now, right? Colossians 2, 6-7 through says this, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And then it goes on to say, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Now notice, this philosophy is hollow because it promises what it can never give. It's a shell, but on the inside there's actually no power for it to deliver. It's hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Did this message draw you closer to God, or did you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior today? We want to hear about it. Let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and fill out the form at the bottom of the page and tell us what God did in your life through this message. Also, if you would like to bring T.S. Myers out to do ministry with your church or organization, send us a message on our website, turnevangelism.com. Thank you for joining us for this message from Turn Evangelism with T.S. Myers.